great. Right now we're going to read our missions and ethos statement, if y'all would please stand up with me. And for those of you who don't know, my name is Pastor Marsha. I'm one of the associate pastors here at House Church, and we are glad you are here this morning. Are you guys ready? Yes. House Church's mission is to connect people with God and with each other in an atmosphere of love and grace. As a faith community, we are committed to living relationally according to the values of our ethos. Married, divorced, and single here, it's one family that mingles here. Conservative and liberal here, we've all got to give a little here. Doubt and believe here, we all can receive here. LGBTQIA plus and straight here, there's no hate here. Woman, man, and trans here, every gender, binary or non, can here. Whatever your race here, for all of us, a place here. Rich or poor here, class differences dissolve here. Able-bodied or differently abled, you're a part of the body of Christ here. Neurodivergent or neurotypical, you have the mind of Christ here. Popular and accepted or cast out and rejected, we all belong in Christ here. In an imitation of the extravagant love God has for each of us and all of us, let us live and love the best we can by putting peoples first and labels second. Y'all may be seated. You said we were doing it together this morning, so. <laughs> All right. House shirts, pride. Our t-shirts are on the way. <laughs> are they here? Okay. Called and said they were going to be late. And But actually, Amanda and Pat, um, Pat has a t-shirt business, if you guys didn't know that. And um, Pat is, they were like pressing shirts as of this morning. So um, they should be, they said they would be here. Um, they're $25 a piece. You're going to love them. You're going to want one. So definitely, um, I guess I can hold my own mic. I mean, that was weird. I'll do it. I'll hold my mic for you. Okay. <laughs> well, you do it for me and I'll do it for you. Okay, so. Um, that's, that's weird. You hold it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you can pay for them with cash, check, or on the app, the way that you would normally give. Um, you can just put a memo in there for a T-shirt. Okay, cool. Next. Um, you can put in the offering, and you can put in the memo, or you can give it to Marsha or myself. That would be great. I want everybody to have a shirt that wants one. Um, if you are in a position, if you are in a position, to buy a few shirts as a scholarship for someone, let us know. If you want to buy four shirts and just say whoever can't, doesn't uh, have the money to send in the direction of a shirt can have one of yours, that would be fantastic. Let us know. Um, baptisms and conscious commitment ceremony, Sunday, July 17th. I can't wait for this. Notice the words conscious commitment. 
Uh, we just believe that at a point in one's life, you are consciously making a commitment to be who you always were, which is the beloved in Christ. And you're making a public decision and a public declaration that you believe God's opinion of you, which is that you are the beloved. And you are always and always have been in Christ, and now you are aware of that. We're also going to have a baptism. I'm not quite sure how we're going to do the baptism in here. Someone joked with me and said this morning we should just do it on a rainy day like today and I'll just go stand out there. I don't know. That doesn't feel as holy. No, it's not as... It feels a little rough on the ground, maybe. There'll be water in here. We're going to make it happen. There's going to be water in here. We're going to make it happen. Um, but I want to say, you know, there's nothing like... I, I hope whether you're going to physically be doing it or making a recommitment uh, or a conscious decision to do it, but there's nothing like being here and watching somebody make that decision, whether they're going down in water or not. It's going to be very uh, moving um, and exciting and awesome Sunday, and I, I, can't, I can't wait for it. Okay, uh, giving. So I, I'm going to go fast on it. If you don't have the app, you need to download the app and everything. Um, there they are right there. They're easy to find. Uh, we'd like to encourage you, um, along with maybe if you buy a T-shirt, you know, maybe add in a little extra, you know. We want to move on from this place, and in order to move on from this place, we've got to have more cash, right? <laughs> so if you've never been or been thinking about being a regular giver, um, you know, this will be a great Sunday to start, right? To start doing it today and start giving a little more uh, so we can move move on and move out of here, and that would be awesome. That would be great. Is that all? Wow. I know. We'll get it. Woo, woo. That's great. Everybody stand up with me, please. I do want to say a special shout out to Lincoln. Where is Lincoln in the house? Lincoln go, whoop, whoop. Hey, all right. So everybody look at Lincoln. Um, Lincoln had a great idea. And his great idea is that we would have, um, through the summer, a game afternoon. So it would start with a lunch, and then we would have the tables out here, and we'd have just like, I want to say game night, but it's game afternoon um, with everybody. And I think it's a great idea. We were trying to pull that off today, um, but I basically misspoke, and um, I, I couldn't make it happen today. Um, but I think you should watch for that coming up. I think it's fun for us to all stay and hang around and have lunch together and play a game together, get to know one another. We have so many people coming into the fellowship that are that are kind of new or just newer, and it's like, where do you go to like hook up and connect with people? And I think if we had like a monthly lunch, like we were starting to do before the pandemic hit, I think we should resurrect that. Do you guys think that's a cool idea? And kind of do the potluck and good idea, right? It's a good idea. And I want to say something too about game night. I I like to play games, but I'm not real competitive. So we all have a competitive side on one side, right? And then the ones are like, oh, oh, you won, yay, I don't care if I didn't win. I, I will be on this side. <laughs> I didn't agree to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to see some kids like playing Twister or something like up here, like that would be fun. Like, like all the, uh, what'd you say? Yeah, do you know about Twister? We oh gosh, somebody explain to these children what Twister is, please. 
It's not a tornado. <laughs> I, I want to... Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I will not make you raise your hand if you're kind of newish to the fellowship, but um, you know there are some new ones here today and some people that haven't been here in a long time. Be extra super friendly, but also be socially aware that people may not feel super comfortable slobbering all over you and hugging and all that. So um, I always just want to remind everybody, a nice hands at the heart with a little bow gets the message across. <laughs> and so if someone does that to you, don't say, oh, are you not hugging? No, they're not hugging. That's why they're doing this. This is what it is. Okay? They don't want to hug you. All right, so God bless you. Grace and peace. I can change the world with my own two hands. Make it a better place with my own two hands. Make it a kinder place with my own on earth with my own two hands I can clean up the earth with my own two hands I can reach out to you with my own two hands with my own with my own
Enough grace and peace already. Get back together. Come on and um, come and sit down. If you can hear me say, I'm here. If you can hear me say, I'm here for this. Say, I've no for real. Say, for real. Say, for real, I am here for this. Hank, I have asked uh, Eve to play underneath us on piano. If you could just monitor her level so that we can still hear the vocal, that would be great. Everybody give Hank and Jessica a big round of applause and a warm thank you. You know, they do this, and I'm so hard on them um, every week. If you want to be part of the team and me be hard on you too, please, please join the team. Um, if we can have that piano down just a little bit, um, just like I, um, so definitely, Eve, thank you so much for being here. Yes. Um, seriously, if you want to help with the sound team and with the slides, talk to Jessica or Hank. If you think that you could do that once a month and you kind of show up a little bit early and, and, um, and get everything ready. That would be really helpful because, you know, when you do something 
over and over and over again for a long time, sometimes it can, you can lose your, lose your enthusiasm about it, right? So that would be cool. All right, Amber, peace, blessing. Good morning. I wrote this one this week thinking about the shooting, well, all of the shootings. Um, so it was really hard, but I felt like it was important to speak to that today, and we have so many of our own who work at St. Francis and have connections to St. Francis, and um, I know it's been a really hard week, so uh, I hope you feel peace this morning. Peace to the ones who are feeling the weight of trauma and fear pressing in upon them. Peace to those who worked in a building this week where life was taken with a gun and it simply cannot make sense. Peace to all the loved ones who are grieving and don't know how to breathe without the ones they love. Peace to all of the children who have to practice active shooter drills at school when they should be coloring or learning biology or playing with their friends. And peace especially to all of the caregivers who worry about their children's safety every single day. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to every person who has been targeted due to the color of their skin or the place that they were born or something else that just makes them who they are, and now they aren't sure if it's even safe to go to the store. Peace to all of the activists who work day in and day out for policy and change, and peace to those who feel frozen but know that thoughts and prayers alone are just not enough. Peace to the school teachers, the hospital workers, the bus drivers, the cashiers, and the lawmakers who are all desperate for something to shift. You are the beloved in Christ. This blessing cannot erase the pain or provide you with any good reasons why tragedy continues to strike again and again. But it can do one thing. This blessing can say with certainty that God will gather you under her wings and hold you in your grief. So peace to you like the community showing up in your hour of need like hard things being made a little bit easier because you are never alone, like remembering that the body of Christ really was given for you, like God looking at you and saying, you, my dear, are utter perfection. And then you feel in your bones that it must be true. You are, after all, the beloved in Christ. Peace to you. As the van comes, um, we were able to um, offer something that I've been wanting to offer to this community for a long time, and that is um, something called the Listening Circle. And yesterday at two o'clock in this room, we organized the chairs into a circle and we put the the cross in the middle with the candles and my wife and I uh, led a circle where people can share the surprising thing about the circle yesterday is we got a 360 degree view of 
the experience. There was not one perspective. There were many. We had one of our own, our Katie Sargent, who works for TPD, who was one of the first responders there at the hospital that day. She was sitting around the circle. We got to share her perspective. There were others that shared their perspective of the things they were afraid of, and everybody had a different fear. And it was all held. I don't want to put uh, anybody on on the spot, so I'm going to look over everybody's heads. And please do take your cue with cell phones. Go ahead and silence them now. Um, I would love, go ahead, Lily, come on up. I think I want to be that, um, I want to be that place, you know, have you ever been to like a concert or a comedy show where you had to put your phone in a bag and they locked it up? I want to do that for us, for church. And I, and some of you are like, then I'm not coming anymore. But the reality is, is I just think it's so fun to be phone free for a little while in a space and be able to focus. Um, that was just a side announcement anyway. Hi, honey. Tamara Labop. I just wanted to um, share with you something that, you know those times sometimes when you say something and you're surprised that it came out of your mouth? I mean, good things. I mean, I know those other things that happens too, but I mean, when you hear yourself say something and you're like, oh, wow, that actually wasn't mine. That was bigger than me. Um, yesterday, when I was introducing the circle, one of the things I started with was um, we are here because we belong to a, a community, because we are children of the light, and we know something that other people maybe don't know, and that is that tragedy is never the end of the story. The theology that we ascribe to is that tragedy is never the end of the story. And I think that just touching that space with a community of other folks who believe that and being able to speak our pain out dissipates it some and gives us a broader understanding of how that tragedy impacted a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. Circles are really powerful, and I know that Bonnie is interested in creating them, weaving them into the the fabric of what is this community, and so I hope that we'll be able to do more of them as as um, time unfolds. And they aren't just for tragedies, but they hold that tragedy really well. So grateful to be able to share. Anyone that was at the circle yesterday, would you do you feel willing to share how that was for you with this group? And again, not putting anybody on the spot. Go ahead. Everybody welcome Kelly Kendall. at the circle yesterday um, and my part in um, Wednesday was I am an employee of St. Francis at the Children's Hospital 
I was in, in the children's hospital when the incident happened. Um, and so I just kind of yesterday relayed my perspective. I spent the time with a child who was in his room alone because his mother had left to go to the store when it happened. And so being able to process that in a safe space, because right now, the St. Francis main campus does not feel like a safe space. And so to try to process it there is very difficult. Um, so it was healing for me in the sense that I was able to get those words out of my mouth and out of my head and heart and feel the feelings that I needed to feel so that I can continue to do the work that God has called me to do 40 hours a week with children under stress. So I'm so grateful. It was so beneficial to do that. Why don't you stand with me as we prepare to sing together. Heidi and Jewel are out this morning. You may notice their absence. Um, they are traveling to Montana. They're almost there. And so um, Shara is going to lead us in worship today. Everybody, Shara, warm welcome. And what I know about uh, doing something that you aren't quite uh, used to doing is you need a lot of help. So can yeah. we just commit to really helping today and singing out and just being nice and kind and smiling? Do you want them smiling or looking holy? I'm not making eye contact. Okay, you're not making eye contact. God bless you as you say.
You are. 
in me and on me, so I just don't want to quit yet. <laughs> Ooh, I thank you, Lord God, for your presence in this house. You know, positionality makes a difference. The person that's singing in front of us today works at the building that the shooting happened. So this is not just somebody that's unaffected by the tragedy, the trauma, the violence, the senseless acts of violence in our world. This is somebody who we're witnessing putting their faith in God. I can get on board with that. When you've been through some stuff and you've witnessed it and you've carried more than 70 employees through a tragedy, I say yes to that faith. I say yes to that faith. I don't know what I'm asking for, but I want to I want to do back into oceans somehow and then that that part that ends with you are mine and I am yours, something like that. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh yeah, I will call upon your name. Yes. You guys are getting ready to sing with me? Whew. I say yes. act of resistance is hope. The greatest act of resistance is joy. The greatest act of resistance is praise. The greatest act of resistance is hope in the face of despair.
destroys the yoke of bondage. Thank you that, that there is an anointing on the inside that does destroy yokes of bondage years, of bondage years. I thank you that you are there for the breaking heart and for the breakthrough. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Shara, can you hear me? I can't get away from it, so I just got to speak this out to you. You're going to make me the next 40 years of your the next 40 years of your life you're being called to walk like a mighty warrior a leader of leaders a woman of faith and valor you are called to a higher height you have been created for this time and you are called to walk upon your high places a woman, a warrior, a woman of faith. Get ready. Things are about to change. I love when God gets me, gets in me. I like it. It's better than just normal me. I like it when God does something cool with me and I feel something. Shara, that's a God. That, I see it strong on you. I feel it. Hallelujah. Ooh, Lord. Everybody just lift up your hands if you want to. You don't have to. So hug yourself if you feel better about that or just put your hands down. There's no requirement for how to receive from God physically. 
it's about an open heart. And if you came here today ready to release something, ready to receive something, you have um, an open heaven over you. And I do believe that the spirit of grace and truth <laughs> is just raining down. Shane and Joe, I see, I see that you are coming into and walking through into a place of healing a place of healing and a place of a, pl a broader place where new decisions and choices will be given to you to live the life that you've always dreamed and always wanted. Shane and Joe, I just speak that over you in Jesus' name. More choices and less restrictions over you in the name of Jesus. If that's a word for you, just take it. The Spirit's moving kind of like in this cool way, so I'm just gonna ride the wave. If you've ever been surfing before, or ever been out in the ocean, the deep, oh hey, oceans, maybe that's why we're doing this. So oceans, there are waves come in, and sometimes you catch them, and sometimes you watch other people catch them, and all is appropriate, but we're all in this together. I thank you, Father, for your spirit of truth, and I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that's already being poured out upon this house. Oh, we thank you that there's nothing to fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. We thank you that your spirit moves in gentle and interesting ways, in gentle and interesting. <laughs> Some here um, are hearing the music slow down and you're, you're in your heart you're going no don't stop no don't stop let it keep going it's going don't fear the Lord is speaking the Lord is speaking and the rivers of living water are flowing Lucas, you're in the right place. I just heard this spirit. I am, you know, searching my radar in my heart. And I just heard the Lord just gently whisper, just, just tell him he's in the right place. That's all. You're in the right place. saying, I, I don't want you to call me out, and I don't want you to say my name, and okay, I won't. The Holy Spirit is so gentle like that, so nice, but God wants to answer the cry of your heart, and the cry of your heart, you need to know that God is near you, and so yes, God is near you. And it's 100% good. You are 100% good. You're 100% good. Every part, every part belongs. 
Every part belongs. There's a presence on you, Lucas. <laughs> Just getting this close to you makes me cry. a releasing on this house, just a releasing to praise and to pray, a releasing into power, a releasing into graces, a releasing into joys, a releasing. Yeah, whoa, wow. Thank you, Father, thank you, thank you, Jesus, thank you. There's a spirit of seeing and knowing in this house. If you want that, just open your spirit to it. <laughs> Y'all still with me? Oh, man. <laughs> One more lifted up. One more just a little high praise just to seal this deal. Let us continue to see what the Spirit has for us today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. Not bad for your first time. I mean, it was okay. <laughs> Not your first time. Shara's looking at me like, this ain't my first rodeo, baby. She's been around. Thank you to Shara's mother who birthed such a beautiful spirit-led woman. Shara's mommy in the house. Thank you to Shara's wife and son for supporting such a spiritually beautiful. Moving on. She was spiritual when she was up here. She's nice. Holy. <laughs> oh, you know, I just love it when I feel extra. I love it when I feel extra in the spirit and when you guys are needing and pulling on that spirit and pulling on that space, it's so awesome. This is my comfort in my affliction, Psalms 119. 
that your word has revived me and given me life. Psalm 18, the Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my strong place. The Lord defends those who suffer. God defends them in times of trouble. Psalm 73, 26, my body and mind may fail, but you are my strength and my choice forever. With Isaiah the prophet, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and mountains quake with their surging, I hear the Spirit of God saying through the eons of time, starting with Isaiah, fear not, for I am with you. Be not deceived. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous, loving right hand. The Psalms have been a comfort for centuries. To not only Christians, Christians came later. The Psalms were far before us. And they're still used as the prayer book for three major world religions. Speaking of people in tragedy, oppression, oppression, possession. Speaking words of comfort in times of war. My text today is specifically related to the events in our world. Found in Romans 12, Paul speaking from the city of Corinth to a church that he had never been to. These letters in what we call the New Testament were mostly written by Paul, an apostle, a former Pharisee, former enemy of the faith, a murderous, law-abiding zealot who was converted in a dramatic way. It includes a horse and being knocked off of it. He had a vision, a revelation of God, and his letters to the churches continue to exemplify fortify and clarify his gospel. A gospel that was countercultural. A gospel that was completely different from the polytheistic, pagan, oppressive, political possession of the time. 
that culture was operating under something, it was operating under a, an exchange system of eros. Eros is Greek for love. It's a type of love that if you do good to me, I'll do good to you. It's an exchange. It's an eros kind of love that is a human love. If I like you, then I'll be kind to you. If I don't, I will seek to pay you back. Retribution, unforgiveness. It's an Eros type of love. It's based in scarcity. So the politics of that time were based in, we've got to colonialize. Not unlike our times, I've got to acquire as much as I can, be in charge of as much as I can, out of fear for losing. It's an Eros type of love. It's a very human way of looking at the world and how to be in the world. Paul, in his letters, is contrasting that type of love. He's introducing you can guess what kind of love? Agape type of love. You've heard of that word. It's also a Greek word. Agape type of love is not a human love. An agape type of love is a um, it is this kind of love that draws the circle ever wider that kind of um, an agape type of love isn't fair as to who it includes. An agape kind of love is bold when an eros love would run. An agape love can feel egregious for whom it is kind. An agape kind of love is useful and kind. It is the kind of thing that um, when it shows up, that Eros part of you wants to say, there's no way he deserved that kind of goodness. Like, there's no way, after all they've done, an agape kind of love shows up into a scenario and blows your mind. This is the kind of love that made its way to the porch in the prodigal son story. It's the kind of love that made its way to the porch looking for that son that had been wasting his father's inheritance on wasteful living. And the Eros kind of love is the elder brother in the house counting. 
you know. Eros kind of love, this kind of love, but we have it, we have both inside of us. And Eros kind of love is counting. After all I've done for you, how dare you leave me? How dare you accept whom I've rejected? The Eros kind of love sits up in his high horse castle. Little does he know he's in a glass house, right? But he's in his high horse's high castle counting. I haven't missed one week of work for you. I have given to the poor. I have um, been kind to my neighbor, not the next one over, but this one right next to me. I've been kind to them. I have um, taken a casserole to my mother-in-law. I didn't want to, but I did. I have been here. And the agape kind of love is like half an ear toward that kind of accounting. Really pivoted soul energy toward the horizon of that one that's still a ways off. When Paul is writing to these churches, he's trying to lift up, like, guys, stop doing this this human exchange of love. Stop looking at people after the flesh only. Stop, stop with the arrows already. So in Romans 12, we see our text. Verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with familial love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, give yourself to hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. I can imagine that as the leader was standing up in the house church that this letter was distributed to and that's how they would do it. They would stand and read the scroll and read this message from their founding father who had never visited that congregation. They're reading all of these admonitions, these instructions, and given the culture, the political climate in which they live, this might have seemed impossible. To let love be genuine. In other words, let love be agape. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. I was, um, we didn't have church last Sunday, and as some of you know, I am kind of a church junkie, as it turns out. So I went to church um, on Sunday. 
not this one, um, but a friend of mine, a, a colleague and a classmate um, who has a church on the north side. Uh, it's called New Jerusalem Church, um, Sean Jarrett. And I uh, heard him preach that Sunday on the heels of Uvalde. thinking likely that he was finished <laughs> with his sermon about shooting, shooting and gun violence and so on. Not having the slightest clue that the very next Sunday he'd be standing and I would be standing in the pulpit at the same time with the tragedy that has come far too close to home. He preached this scripture, and it so rocked me because this is something, these three things, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, is something we can all internalize as we move through our world and the aftermath of these tragic events. Let love grow in you. Reject evil, and I'm gonna add this totally. Listen, all, all of you that are, that are trying to work in this agape love, you go, Bonnie, how can you say we're supposed to have agape love, we're supposed to love everybody, then how do I reject evil? My friends, you do not wrestle against flesh and blood. <laughs> Keep that in mind. You are not wrestling against flesh and blood. It is the spirit that works behind the individuals that perform these atrocities. That is what we reject. Listen, every single flesh and blood being is a mago day. Everybody say Imago Dei with me. Imago Dei. What does that mean? It means image of God. It's image of God? Yeah, of course. But the spirit from which they are operating or the delusion of separateness under which they are operating is the brokenness, the terror, the trauma, the abuse that they promote. Sadly, the ones that we don't understand are the ones that have yet to accept the agape love that is already theirs. So operating from a sense of scarcity, fear, embarrassment, shame, they do these things. It doesn't excuse them, but it's a reason that we, we might be able to look upon them with more agape. I can imagine the fiery love of God that we don't always understand. This, you know, in antiquity, when, when we read on, let me just read on and tell you what this says. Uh, love, 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 la, 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 be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Listen to what this wisdom is. Repay no one evil for evil. That's where we get those slogans. <laughs> It's the wisdom of the ages. Repay no evil for evil. 
have regard for good things in the sight of all men, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. We have misread this text for centuries, thinking that people were going to fall into the hands of an angry God. But my friends, what I'm telling you is the orge of a God. The wrath, the orge of a God is that God's most central concentrated nature. And the most central concentrated nature of God, the Elohim, the Yahweh Elohim, is agape love. So when that God has vengeance upon one's enemies, that God swallows them up in agape love. <laughs> That's the refiner's fire. When that one becomes so consumed, either in this life or the life afterward, of how belonged they are, how beloved they are, how in tune they are, how they were never missing anything. There was never anything missing. There was never anything broken. They acted out of their broken state and did terrible, violent, horrible things. But on the other side, they're over there or right here. That all-consuming orge of God will redeem them so thoroughly that a thousand tear bottles can't hold the tears of their repentance and help and hope. And you see, a God of love cannot give anything but love, but love has a way of being fierce. And nobody's getting away with anything but it's not how you're counting. It's not how you do the math. It's not your human eros that this God of agape is working. But I will help your heart feel better. There will be payment, but it just doesn't look like what you think. When the orge strength and the concentrated nature of God comes in agape, no person can remain the same. But is not sinners in the hand of an angry God. That's just not God. Have you ever heard the scripture? His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher. Yeah, of course. So we will let love be genuine. That means we open the gates of our heart and let the valve of grace flow freely toward any and all because I'm not ultimately in charge of what's going to happen on the other side or what's going to happen in that person's heart or the hearts of those affected. This cry, this invitation, this commandment to love is 
fierce. It is not a doormat type of love. It is not a, we'll just run all over and let violence prevent. No, it is a stand up and speak for justice. It is let righteousness prevail. It is a hunger and thirst for goodness. It is standing up when others can't. It's speaking out when others won't. It is not a quiet love. Let love be genuine. Reject evil totally. Cling to what is good relentlessly. I think one of the most unfair things, speaking from my Eros side, is when the flowers bloom so beautifully and the birds sing so sweetly after a tragedy. I've never understood how beautiful creation can be and the world continues to spin when our hearts have been shredded. It's the dichotomy. It's knowing that there's a spirit alive in the world over which death has no dominion. There is a spirit alive in the world over which death has no dominion. This is not the end of the story. Does it mean that we don't give place to grief? Yes, of course. If you haven't heard us speaking, it's yes, give place to that grief. Yes, feel it. But oh, know that your agape God is close to the brokenhearted. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. This is the same writer that wrote Romans 12, is writing 1 Corinthians 13. That love that he's talking about being genuine, he's referencing from here. Because there were people who were doing acts of kindness and benevolence just to be seen by others. He's admonishing, inviting, encouraging, please do this from the agape center, not from your eros center. For this love, this agape love, is patient and kind. This love does not envy. This love does not parade itself. It is not boastful. It is not rude. It is not proud. It does not behave unbecomingly. It does not just seek its own. It is not easily provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in sin and inequity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never, ever, ever fails. Where there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues or languages or speeches or eloquent philosophies, they will cease. There is knowledge that will vanish away. 
For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect and complete has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. And now abide these three, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. How? How is the follower of Jesus to live in a world where redemption is seemingly incomplete from the natural way, from our natural way of seeing things? Redemption can feel incomplete. And where the powers that be, the political power, the system that is in this world seems to be the loudest voice we hear. We need to understand that our scriptures say much about the governing authority. In that day, it was Rome. Right now, you can fill in the blank. <laughs> All throughout the scriptures, the system under which they were oppressed, that people group was oppressed, they would call it different names. Sometimes it was the empire, sometimes it was Caesar, sometimes it was, you know, whatever words that they had. In Revelation, it actually, you're gonna, you can laugh at this, but in Revelation, that system was called the great whore. Right? I'm not saying that you should call our political system. <laughs> that would be taking something out of context. So definitely really want you to keep it in there. You know, well, Revelation says. <laughs> but Paul describes the system as unjust and yet beseeches his churches to live differently by an ethic of agape love. This Christianity, this faith, has never been easy. It's radical. It's countercultural. Whether Paul is compliant with that system, resistant to it, or caught in the middle, is often the case with a colonial subject. He ultimately promotes the rule of Christ over the rule of Caesar. In this case, somebody help me. How the ki are the kids coming back in already? Wow, that was fast. Am I long? What time is it? Lord, are we still on earth? Is this Come back in quietly, reverently, please. Adults, please help them reenter reverently and quietly. Reverently, quietly. Good to have you back. I didn't know we were asking them back yet. Somebody must be reading my mind. I always want somebody to read my mind that we're like 10 minutes before. We always ask the kids to come back in and have communion with us, so that's why they're coming back. Let, we have to let love. Love, this kind of agape love, this love that chooses 
radical forgiveness in the face of atrocities is something that we're learning for over a lifetime. This does not come naturally. This is not something that we have easy answers for. So three points today from Romans 12, 9. What are they? Let love be genuine. Say it with me. Reject evil totally and cling to what is good relentlessly. Would you stand with me? Eve, are you coming, or would you rather stay out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. We have a lot on our hearts today as we approach this table. It is our custom to take communion every week. Listen, everybody can get on board with this table that even if you don't believe in the particularity of bread and juice and how that fits into your narrative, this is a table of forgiveness. So what you're doing when you come to this table is you're reminding your body that you are a person of forgiveness, that we are a body that releases sin. We release the things that have been done to us and around us and to the ones that we love, not because forgiveness exonerates the perpetrator, but it is a gift you give to yourself. It's keeping yourself in the love of God. It's keeping your heart free from congestion. It's a spiritual tune-up. We have another couple of ways to worship in the house. You may choose to pick up a stone and put it into the vase of water. You can write yourself a note with the journaling cards and maybe place it in the box for a later time. Nobody looks at those notes. Those are for you for another time. If you have a note in there or think you might, you can go ahead and go through. Everything should be sealed up. Just look for your name if you're ready to read your note from last year. You may also wish to light a candle at the cross. That is a place of quiet. All of this is to be done quietly, reverently. This is ritual. This is what brings us together as a family of believers. I wish that every heart would find a way to participate in this worship ending. If you go to the table, you go to worship with your finances or what you or write a prayer request. Uh, both of these tables are open for that. And then at the end, come and get your communion. Take it back to your seat, and I will lead us in um, the partaking of the communion elements after everyone has been served. I want you to keep it quiet in here, no conversations at this time, and let us move forward in this moment of worship together. God bless you as you come.
if you will create a sanctuary in your own body space. The way that I do that is close my eyes. I want you to use the central part of yourself, that imagination. Imagine the people in your life that are heaviest on your heart today. Imagine the events of our world in recent times. Imagine everyone who lost their lives. Imagine their loved ones and how they feel on this Sunday. Imagine that you have agape love. that you do not have to have all the answers. Imagine that you are spacious and loved and held. That you are forgiven. That you are holy and blameless before God in love. And now imagine that those people are too. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. As often as you do this, remember me. House church, take and eat. On the same night, after the supper, he took the wine. He said, This is my blood, a new covenant in my love. As often as you drink this, remember me and my love. House church, take and drink the blood of Christ. Softly and gently, the children can take up the cups. Very cocky. Thank you, beloved children. Keeping mouths closed, please. Open hands, closed mouths. Returning to one seat. We will close out together. Now is a time in our world to love genuinely. Abhor and reject evil totally. Not rejecting people, but the spirit that works in that mentality of brokenness. And to cling to what is good relentlessly. And so, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. 
in this is love, not that we love and impress God, but that God loves us and gave God's self to be the mercy seat for our sin. In light of this glorious truth, let us be tender-hearted toward one another, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has abundantly forgiven us. As we have freely received today, let us go and freely give. God bless you this hour and every hour of your day. It has been my tremendous privilege to be in your presence today, to worship and to lead and to prophesy and to participate in the spirit with you today. Would you please connect with someone before you go? Also, I see that the family that has created the t-shirts have arrived. They're outside. If, would you like to bring them in? For those that would like to get a t-shirt before you go, um, he's hustling outside to go, please extend your compliments. The, uh, um, uh, cheer, what, what, what? What are we? Yay! Congratulations. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> All right. Connect with somebody before you go. The greatest uh, despair that I can imagine is that you came in wanting connection and, and didn't get it. So let us connect and love on one another before we leave. God bless you.